um, the four-time national award-winning POET radio. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we're celebrating 10 years. This is our 10-year anniversary of Poet Radio and the Bible Show Truth Hour. Again, 10 years. We've been on the air for 10 whole years. And I want to thank all of those who've come on and hosted. Um, Brother Julius, our first lead host. Um, Brother Messenger. And and and, and uh, there was a couple of other brothers who were on with us and read for us as well. So I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Team Truth Hour. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for helping us reach that 10-year mark, 10 years on the air, coming to you virtually almost every Tuesday. All right, so let's stand up, face Jerusalem, and let's pray, and then let's go ahead and get into our lesson today, which is devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. Again, devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. At this time, you can go and get your Bibles, you can go and get your pen and your pad, and Follow this lesson with us. Write down these scriptures because, again, when we leave this show, we don't want you to say that Black Ice said. We want you to say that Black Ice read, Brother Black Ice read. So let's stand up and face Jerusalem and let's start this thing off with the prayer. Your voice. All right. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Yeshua name, we come before you today, Father God, and we say thank you, Father God. Thank you for allowing us to return back home to be here on the Bible Show Truth Hour platform so that we can edify those who are watching and that we can glorify you, Father God. We ask that this lesson tonight, Father God, open the doorway of the minds of your people, Father God, and expose those devils, those demons, and show our people that we are in a spiritual Warfare, Father God, everything that we see on the news, everything that we see that's happening in our communities, it is a result of devils, demons, and spiritual warfare, Father God. So we ask that you come into this lesson tonight. For all those that have an ear, let them hear, Father God, what thus saith the word, um, um, Father God. And we ask these things through your son, Jesus, Yeshua name. Amen. It is time, brothers and sisters. It is time. It is time. Let's go ahead and welcome our YouTube family in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We want to say peace and blessings to our YouTube family. Thank you and welcome to today's show. Um, I definitely want you, brothers and sisters, to um, just follow this lesson tonight. Follow this lesson tonight and... Man, just praise God through this lesson. Praise God through this lesson. Um, I'm ha sending out Acts for a pen. One more text. All right. So let's go ahead and read off the what we believe. Again, what we believe. And this is very important for those who are watching today's lesson because, brothers and sisters, um, we want them to know clear-cut that we are coming out of this Word of God called the Bible, okay? Basic instructions before life eternal. Again, basic instructions before life eternal. So let's go ahead and read off the what we believe, all right? The Truth Hour Bible Class is an online social media Bible-based ministry. 
We teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus Christ so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, they may receive salvation. Our motto is, as stated earlier, if you cannot read it, then do not believe it. Here's what we believe. Number one, we believe in the name of Jesus. We have no dispute with the use of other names, but we prefer to use the English name Jesus because our people speak English. Number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-American and those who were spread throughout the world through the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites. And all the Lord's statutes and commandments apply to us. Number six, we believe that we must still keep the law to the best of our ability. Number seven, we believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law, according to Leviticus, the 11th chapter. This is why we eat no pork, no catfish, no shrimp, no snail, no lobster. Read it on your own, Leviticus, the 11th chapter. Number eight, we believe that both the scriptures or Old Testament and the testimony or New Testament must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be a New Testament Christian or an Old Testament scholar. You must be both. Isaiah 8 and 20. We don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. We don't believe in the Trinity doctrine. We don't believe in the cross or images that originate in the worship of another God. We don't believe in holidays that originate in the worship of other gods, such as Easter, Christmas, or New Year's. These, according to the Bible, are anti-Christ or against God. Thou shalt have no other gods besides me. Exodus, the 20th chapter. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus, the Christ, is for all people, no matter what race, color, or nationality, according to Revelation 7 and 9. Let's go ahead and get into our lesson tonight, brothers and sisters. Devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. Again, devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. This lesson tonight is designed to expose the mind of Satan, and whoever contains that mind is what the Bible calls anti-Christ. These are those who not only don't believe, but work to pull others away from their belief in Jesus the Christ or in God the Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is Satan's way of robbing you of your salvation. Don't allow the spirit of Satan in you or in others to cause you to lose your salvation. Let's start at the beginning. Well, the first anti-Christ was exposed. Let's start at the beginning. Let's go to Genesis 1. And we're going to start at verse 1, okay? Genesis 1, and we're going to start at verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens. I'm sorry. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Why did we want to start there? 
is because the next verse talks about the earth being without form and void, okay? We want to understand and we want to know how the earth became without form and void. Remember, everything that God created was good. So we know, according to our study and according to our research, that there must have been something that took place or happened between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and verse 2. I'll say that again. There must have been something that happened between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and verse 2, because there was no other way for the earth to be without form and void after God created it unless Something happened and something took place. So let's find out what some of those things were. Let's go to Revelations, the 12th chapter. Revelations, the 12th chapter. And we're going to read verses 3 and 4. Revelations, the 12th chapter, verses 3 and 4. Let's find out what happened that caused the earth to be without form and void. Revelations, the 12th chapter. We're going to start at verse 3 and 4. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head, and his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. Oh, so after God created the heaven and the earth, there was a war that took place in heaven. Satan and his angels were kicked out. And they came down here to this earth. This earth was their prison. It said, And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be de delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now, that particular part of this particular verse was yet future. It did not happen in the beginning. That happened at the birth of Jesus through Mary. Okay? At the birth of Jesus through Mary. Let's go ahead and continue down here in Revelation, the 12th chapter. Let's go ahead and start at verse 7. And there was war in heaven. So after God created the heaven and the earth, of course, he created angels to inhabit heaven. And whatever living things that he created to occupy earth, it does, the Bible doesn't say. We just know that they were not man. But whatever living things were here. When Satan and his fallen angels came down here, it defiled it, brothers and sisters. But let's continue reading. It says, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan. So now we know that that snake in the garden or that serpent in the garden, now we know who that was. It wasn't a literal snake. It was a being that had snake-like characteristics. Let me read that again. Revelations 12 and 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He has cast out, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God. And the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren, is cast down, which has accused them before our God day and night. Verse 12. 
Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. That's how we want to start off our show, brothers and sisters, or this Bible class. Now let me go back to verse 2 in Genesis. Now you can understand how the how the world became without form and void. But before I go to Genesis um, chapter 1, verse 2, let's go to Isaiah, the 14th chapter. Since before the creation of man, Satan has weakened life here on earth. He was puffed up with his beauty and his pride that it led to his demise. Isaiah 14, verses 12 and 15. Isaiah 14, verses 12 and 15. 12 through 15, we're talking about devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. Again, devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. Isaiah 14, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. See, brothers and sisters, when we say that we want to go to heaven to be with our Lord, that's through ignorance. Because the Lord never promised us heaven, brothers and sisters. All he promised us was a place in his kingdom. And Jesus told you in the Lord's Prayer where that kingdom would be. When he said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. So all of the prophets knew that the kingdom was coming, but the only one in this Bible that had knowledge, that wanted to ascend to heaven, is Satan the devil. So let's not follow Satan the devil's footsteps and say that we want to go to heaven because that's not biblically correct, brothers and sisters. Let's say what the book says, and the book says that what's up there, God is going to bring down here. And we know that flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of God, so we can't even get there unless we are changed to our spiritual bodies. So let's move on. The devil said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. But this is what the Lord said to him. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. And that's referring to the lake of fire. So all this stuff happened. Before we get to Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, which we're going to go ahead and read now. Now we know how the earth became without form and void. So let's go ahead and read it now. After God created the heaven and the earth, there was war in heaven, Satan and his angels were defeated by Michael and the angels of the Lord. They were kicked out to this prison called earth. And this is what happened when they got here. Verse 2 says, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So now God is starting a new creation, which is Man or mankind, brothers and sisters. So let us go ahead and go to the book of Ezekiel, the 28th chapter. Now, 
We're talking about devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. Satan is like someone who had a good job and messed it up. We look at these entertainers and politicians who get rich and develop a whole lot of fame only to be reduced to shame. How can the creation desire to rule over the creator? I'm going to say that again. How can the creation or what has been created desire to rule over who and what created it? No matter how gifted you are, brothers and sisters, always remember that our gift comes from God. Stay humble. God tells Satan through Jesus, you deceived in heaven. You deceived in the garden. And now I have a death sentence waiting on you. Let's go to Ezekiel, the 28th chapter, verses 13 through 19. Ezekiel, the 28th chapter, and follow us with your book, brothers and sisters. Ezekiel, the 28th chapter, verses 13 through 19. This is the only way you become educated in the Word of God, where you're just not repeating what someone has said. You get to read it for yourself. You get to learn it for yourself. And now when you're going to look for it, you know where to find it. Ezekiel, the 28th chapter, verses 13 through 15. It says, you have been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. Remember, he was called a tree in the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But I'm going to describe to you what was covering this so-called tree, which it wasn't a tree. It was a bean. But this is the reason why you put trees in your home for Christmas. And you, you decorate it for Christmas. You are recreating what the Bible describes Satan looked like in your home. And in Jeremiah the 10th chapter, the Lord told you not to put trees in your home and decorate it because it was a sign and a symbol of Satan. But let's talk about this tree of the knowledge of good and evil that was in the garden and how the book described he looked. It said, you have been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold, the workmanships of thy tablets and thy pipes were prepared in the day that you were created. You are the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You were perfect in all your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in you. So, brothers and sisters, Satan is that tree that was covered with all those beautiful stones. So when you put that tree in your home and you cover it with all those beautiful lights, the red and the green and, and the yellow and all, you are recreating Satan in your home. And you haven't had a good minister and a good pastor to teach you that according to Jeremiah the 10th chapter, the Lord forbids you to put trees in your home and decorate them. We're talking about devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. Devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. It is easy to do the wrong thing living in this world, brothers and sisters. 
especially when you are not acquainted with the Word of God. So every Tuesday, we reacquaint some and acquaint others with the Word of God so that you can know what he wants you to do and what he does not want you to do. You could be doing something that you think is the right thing. You could be doing something that you think is good until you read the Word of God and you say, man, I saw my mama do this her whole life. I saw my grandmama do this her whole life. Do you mean that they were doing something that the Lord commanded us not to do? Exactly, brothers and sisters. And it is upon you and your generation to change things. If we were driving in a car and we were going in the wrong direction, and we have been driving an hour in the wrong direction, and someone said, hey, we're going the wrong way. You need to turn around. Are you going to stay going in the wrong direction just because that's the direction that your mother went in and your grandmother went in and those whom you respected and loved went in? It is time, brothers and sisters, to become educated on the word of God and go in the direction that he tells us to go in. Let's talk about opposition to God and how it comes. Opposition to God comes in the form of opposition to his word. I'm going to say that again. Opposition to God comes in the form of opposition to his word. See, we think that we got to be out there robbing and stealing and killing and doing all those things to be in opposition to God. No, brothers and sisters. You could be encouraging people to not keep the Lord's Sabbath day which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. You could be encouraging people, oh, you know what, you ain't got to worry about those laws and those commandments. We're not under that no more. Thanksgiving is coming up. A lot of people going to have pork on that table and catfish on that table, and they're going to look to you as a minister or as a man or woman of God, and they're going to look to you um, for advice, and you're going to say, well, you know what, you know, the only thing that really matters is if you love Jesus. Well, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So there comes a point in time where you have to say, well, no, the Lord does not condone us eating those things which he deemed to be unclean, according to Leviticus, the 11th chapter. Then take them there and show them the word. Don't just tell them, show it to them. So again, opposition to God also comes in the form of, of opposition to his word. Now, although man is made in the image and the likeness of God, man is possessed with the mind of Satan. This leads us to the next segment of our lesson. There are many that display the image of God but possess the mind of Satan. They wear three-piece suits. They wear long robes. They know the word of God. And what it says, but do not teach it. And matter of fact, they teach the opposite of it. I have had some pastors tell me, I know that Saturday is the Sabbath day, but we live here in America, so we just do it on Sunday. That ain't what the Word of God says. Let's read what the Word of God says. Leviticus 23 and 3. Leviticus 23 and three, and again, brothers and sisters, these are not my words. I'm merely reading 
what the Lord put in this book. So if you have a problem with anything that I'm reading, then your problem is not with Brother Black Ice. Your problem problem is with the Word of God. Leviticus 3 and 3. 23, 23 and 3. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. Let's stop right there. There's only one day of the week that is the seventh day of the week. We don't have two seventh days of the week. It's only one day that's the seventh day of the week. And if you look on the calendar, and you can look on your phone, right? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to screenshot this right now so that you guys can see the month of November. And what we're going to do with the month of November, because, see, people can't see the screen the correct way unless I reverse it. So let me reverse it so you can see it. All right. So now that I have saved it, we're going to look at this calendar. And we're going to look at what day is the beginning of a week and what day is the end of a week? So let's look at this. There's your calendar right there. The day all the way to the left is the first day of the week. That would be Sunday. The second day is Monday. The third day is Tuesday. The fourth, and this is beautiful because this is the month of November, 2020. And I love it because the numbers actually fall up under the day. So you see Sunday is the first day of the week, and the last day of the week, or the seventh day of the week, is Saturday. All right? So I don't want you to think that just because it says that in November, no, every month starts with Sunday all the way to the left, and it ends with Saturday all the way to the right. So according to the Word of God, it is the seventh day of the week that is the Sabbath day. But also know that a new day, according to the Lord, Genesis 1 and 5, starts at sundown. You remember he said the darkness he called night and the light he called day and the evening that comes first. And the morning was the first day. The evening and the morning were the first day. So Friday at sundown starts the Lord's Sabbath day. And that goes to Saturday at sundown. And then when the sun goes down on Saturday, now you're into Sunday or the first day of the week. But the Lord says the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest, a holy gathering, which means that we must come together like church. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So no matter where you live, like the pastor told me, we live in America now. The Lord said it is the Sabbath of the Lord, not the Sabbath of the Jews, not the Sabbath of the Hebrews. He said it is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. Wherever you live, we're reading Leviticus 23 and 3. We just want to show you how Antichrist also shows up in the opposition to God's word. If you're trying to teach or tell somebody different than what the word of God says, then you are going against his word. The word anti means against. So when you go against the word of Christ, you are anti-Christ. We're talking about devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter. A Sunday Sabbath is just as much in opposition to God as Satan telling Eve that if she listens to him, 
or as the Bible puts it, eats of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that she should not surely die. That was the first lie recorded in the Bible. It seems so minuscule and unimportant, but anything that the Lord gives us and commands us to do is important. The mind of Satan, brothers and sisters, has now been transferred into the mind of man. In order to take God away from you, one must first remove his word from you, which will also remove your faith and your belief. Let's go to Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, verses 1 and 2. Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, verses 1 and 2. And let's read a little bit more about this day. And it says, Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them that you may live. And go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth to you. Now, in this case, we're talking about the kingdom of God in today's time. So doing his statutes and keeping his commandments gets us into the kingdom of God, which will be established here on earth, according to the word. Verse 2, you shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. So ain't no adding to this, brothers and sisters. Oh, because we're in America. No, brothers and sisters. We can't add to it. See, now we're getting into what we personally think. And the Bible and the word of God ain't got no room for what we personally think. No, that's how we get into trouble, starting to, 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 to think for God, trying to do God's job for him. That's when we begin, we begin to get into trouble. But the word in Deuteronomy, brothers and sisters, that we just read, the fourth chapter, verses 1 and 2, you can't add to this thing and you can't take away from this thing. This is what makes you a devil. We're talking about devils, demons, and Spiritual warfare. We got to fight this thing, brothers and sisters. And the only way we can fight it is with the word of God. Therefore, this is why we educate on Tuesdays in the Bible class Truth Hour. Let's go to Psalms, the 12th chapter, verses 6 and 7. Psalms, the 12th chapter, verses 6 and 7. And if you can't get to it quick enough, don't worry about it because Sister Key Israel posted in the comment section if you're watching Facebook Live. All right? Psalms, the 12th chapter, verses 6 and 7. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of, of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So I got to ask you a question. Has forever ended yet? No, we, we still living, brothers and sisters. As long as you're alive, forever still exist. Let's go to the, to the book of Matthew, the 24th chapter. When you begin the process of changing God's word, like Satan, you become antichrist. You become a devil. You become a demon. This is most 
dangerous for others and for you because it could potentially rob them of their salvation. Jesus spoke about these kinds of people with a level of priority. When he was asked, what should we look for to mark the end of the world and his coming, let's see what he said. Matthew, the 24th chapter, verses 3 through 5. Matthew, the 24th chapter, verses 3 through 5. And it reads, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Why was this so important that this was the first thing that Jesus spoke to them about? Because Jesus knew that a man could kill your body. He could take away your life. But only deception and false doctrine could take away your salvation. Because, see, he's going to wake you up again, and we all got to be judged. So we want to make sure that we are doing more right than wrong, especially if you're not in the first resurrection, as it talks about in Revelation 20 of chapter, verses 5 and 6. Blessed are they who are in the first resurrection, on such the second death has no power. What is the second death? It is the lake of fire. But if you're in the first resurrection, you're not even going to be judged. So there is no chance that you could be found guilty and thrown into the lake of fire. So we want to learn God's word. We want to empower ourselves with the word of God so that we can be strengthened in our faith to walk the direction that God wants us to walk in that righteous direction. Verse 5, for many shall come in my name. How many people are teaching and preaching right now in the name of Jesus? Calling themselves Christian, it says, for many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, I'm a Christian, and shall deceive many. How are they deceiving people? By teaching false doctrine, brothers and sisters. Jesus knew this would happen. And he knew that this would come out of the church. So see, while we're looking for bad people in the alley, while we're looking for bad people in the neighborhood, Jesus pointed to the pulpit. He pointed to the houses of worship. That's where your concern needs to be. Verse 11, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. So this is where we are today. Talking about devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. Again, devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. We got to protect ourselves at all costs. Let's go to the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verses six through eight. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verses six through eight. Ephesians five, verses six through eight. And it reads Let no man deceive you with vain words. Well, because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light. In the Lord, walk as children of light. 
So the Lord is telling us to walk as children of light. How do we do that, brothers and sisters? By keeping the statues, the laws, and the commandments of God. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, and let's read 1 through 4. And it reads, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. I was watching a movie on YouTube um, after the Israel of God went off on the Sabbath day. You know, YouTube always starts another video on its own. And most of the time it's similar to what you are watching. So this was in an old-time setting back in the day, like a little house in a prairie-type setting. And there were these teachers, false prophets and pastors, that was predicting the end of the world. And there was a woman that was saying, no, we need to keep the Sabbath day. And they were contending against her, probably because she was a woman back in those days, but that was not their teaching, that they should keep Saturday as the Sabbath day. I don't know what this movie was called, but again, they were saying, oh, that the world was going to end in the month of, in the seventh month of the year, and it's going to, you know. So again... Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. My point is, Jesus cannot come back until, number one, there be a relocating of the church in Rome to Jerusalem, the daily sacrifice is going to be happening during that time. They're going to stop the daily sacrifice. The Lord commands those who are believers in him to flee into the wilderness at that time. The man of sin stands up and announces himself to be God here on earth. And then after that, there must be a three-and-a-half-year great tribulation period. All of those things have to happen first before Jesus can come back. Satan has to be put away, according to Revelation, the 20th chapter. An angel must come down and bound him into a bottomless pit for a thousand years. So if we are still experiencing these things, if the man of sin have not stood up in Jerusalem, in the holy temple, and announced himself to be God here on earth, the man of sin has been revealed, that three-and-a-half-year great tribulation period in which the saints are going to be overcome. No, brothers and sisters, it ain't time yet. It's near, but it ain't time yet. But that's why they said, let no man deceive you. Verse 4, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God? Only one that does that is Satan. And his children, 
devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. Who exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped? So that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. We're going back to the Antichrist. All this stuff must happen first. It ain't happened yet, brothers and sisters. This is why we must be careful. This is why we must read and learn and know what the word of God says. Let's continue on our journey. Second Peter, the first chapter. You have many different teachings and many new philosophies that people have come up with in regards to the Word of God. Our philosophy here on the Bible Class Truth Hour and the Israel of God is simple. Stick with the book. That's it. Don't read between the lines. There's nothing there but space. Read on the line. The Word of God needs no private interpretation. Well, I just feel that God is, no, ain't no room for you saying what you feel if you are a teacher and a minister. Ain't no room for you saying, well, I just think. The only thing that you can say is, let's go to the Word of God and read what it says. That's it, brothers and sisters. The moment you start saying what you feel and the moment you start saying what you personally think is the moment that you have deviated from the path. Let's go to 2 Peter, the first chapter, verses 19 and 20. 2 Peter, the first chapter, verses 19 and 20. And it reads, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed. Why are they talking about prophecy in the New Testament? Because they knew that some people would come, misinterpret, misunderstand, and misteach this New Testament. So they said, we have a more sure word of prophecy. Everything that's in the New Testament was already written in the Old Testament. The Old Testament talked about the coming of Jesus, talked about salvation. Everything that the New Testament talks about is only a testimony or a testament of what was already written between Genesis and Malachi. It says, wherein you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in dark, a dark place, unto the day dawn, and the day star arises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. So you may mean well, and you may mean no harm, but the moment you start saying, well, I just feel and I just think, you have deviated from the path, brothers and sisters. Let's go and continue this journey to the book of Colossians. Let's go to the book of Colossians, and I believe that we're going to be in the second chapter of the book of Colossians, and we're going to read one verse, verse 8, Colossians 2 and 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So, I have many brothers and sisters come to me, and they talk about Egyptology, and they talk about Scientology, and they talk about all these things. 
You ain't got science unless you got it from God. You ain't got Egyptology or the knowledge of the truth that may be found in Egyptology unless you got it from God. Where did Egypt get its knowledge from? Egypt got its knowledge from us, the Israelites. It was Joseph, the great dream interpreter, that went into Egypt. And that according to the book of Psalms, it was Joseph who taught their senators and their wise men. So as great as Egypt was, you got to give Israel and God the credit for that. Until they turned their backs against God. And God had to shut down a whole nation with nature. So make no mistake, brothers and sisters. We don't apologize. We're unapologetic for this truth. It must be told. It must get out there because that's the only way we're going to save our people. We are all under attack. And this is why tonight's lesson is called Devils, Demons, and Spiritual Warfare. Now, whether you are in the Word of God or not, you and I are not exempt from Satan's attacks. Always be on guard lest you become a devil yourself or we become devils ourselves. Let's give you a good example of how a righteous man became a devil for a moment. Let's go to Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Let's show you how a righteous man, how even you and I can become a devil when we deviate from the word of God. Matthew, the 16th chapter, we're going to read verses 13 through 23. I know it's 10 verses, key Israel, but I got to get this all out. And um, it's very relevant to today's lesson. We are all under attack. Let's look at this story between Jesus and Peter and see how Peter went from a righteous man to a devil in the same conversation. Matthew, the 20. I'm sorry, Matthew, the 16th chapter, verses 13 through 23. And it reads, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that the son of man, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say that you are John the Baptist. Some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjana, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, he was talking about himself because Jesus is the only rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Peter got to be feeling pretty good right now because Jesus just put him in front of the 12 disciples. Peter right now is the man. But I want you to check out what happened to Peter. From that time forth, 
Verse 21, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Again, this is prophecy. It has to happen. So anybody that's trying to stop this from happening, guess what you have become? An antichrist or a devil. Let's continue reading, though. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. How are you going to rebuke Christ? And he began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto you. And let's look at what Jesus just said, or said, let's look at what Jesus said to the man that he just said was his number one man. But he, talking about Jesus, turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus went from praising Peter to now calling him a devil. He said, you are an offense unto me, for you savors not the things that be of God, but those that be of man. And this is what I'm telling you and I, brothers and sisters. What God has online and for us may be different from how you personally feel. That's why we can't go there. Well, I feel and I think. Let's remove that out the picture. Let's talk about what God feels and what God thinks. And the only way we can find that out is to do what? Read his word. Let's continue on this journey. Let's go to the book of John, the sixth chapter. Sometimes Jesus will choose the devil. Did you hear what I said? Sometimes Jesus will choose the devil. Meaning, those of us who refuse to turn from our wicked ways, yeah, Jesus will even choose a devil to fulfill God's purpose. If you ain't going to fulfill, if you ain't going to be righteous, he can't use you to feel, fulfill God's purpose. But on the good way, he'll use you to fulfill God's purpose on the bad way. Again, Jesus will choose a devil to fulfill God's purpose. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm not telling you how I feel. Let's read it. John, the sixth chapter, verses 66 through 71. John, the sixth chapter, verses 66 through 71. God would choose, Jesus would choose a devil to do God's word? Let's read it. John, the sixth chapter, verses 66 through 71. It says, from that time, many of his disciples went back. So that tells us that Jesus had more than 12. I'm going to read it again. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the 12. These were the only ones left out of the many that he had. He said, will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have I not chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? Jesus chose the devil amongst the twelve. I'm going to read that again. Jesus answered at verse 70. This is John, the sixth chapter, verse 70. Jesus answered them, have I not chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? 
he spake of Judas, Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. See, he had a job to do too. So don't get mad at them haters on your job. Don't get mad at them haters on your social media page. They got a job to do too. They got a job to do too. Let's go ahead and continue with our lesson. We are picking this thing up, uh, 1 John, the third chapter. Just as we are the children of God, Satan has children too. If we don't watch ourselves, we can become children of Satan. 1 John 3 and 9. 1 John 3 and 9. Be careful that we don't become children of Satan, brothers and sisters. 1 John, the third chapter, and we're going to read verses 9 through 12. And it reads, Whosoever is born of God do not commit sin. And this is talking about in the resurrection, because as long as you are in this flesh and blood body, you're going to sin, brothers and sisters. Whoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he he cannot sin, because he is born of God. So again, this is after you die in this flesh and blood body and are buried or cremated, however you choose to be put away. And when Jesus comes back, and either you're in the first resurrection or the second resurrection, if you are found favorable, then you will be born God part of the God family, brothers and sisters, joint heirs with Christ. Verse 11, for this is the message that you heard, I'm sorry, verse 10, in this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Oh, so the devil got children too. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning. Remember we started in the beginning in the book of Genesis? You have a more sure word in prophecy that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and killed his brother, and wherefore slew he him because his own works were evil and his brothers were righteous. So, brothers and sisters, don't become children of the devil. Let's go to Acts, the 13th chapter. Acts, the 13th chapter, the book of Acts, the 13th chapter, we're talking about devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. Acts, the 13th chapter, we're going to read verses 6 through 9, and this is talking about a man who was a sorcerer, and they tried to get um, the disciples to come and confront this sorcerer, all right? So let's, let, let's, let's read about this. So this is Acts, the, the uh, 13th chapter. We're going to read verse 6 and then 9 and 10. Acts, the 13th chapter, verse 6 and then 9 through 10. It says, And when they had gone through the isle of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus. Verse 9 and 10. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, 
oh full of subtlety and all mischief. You child of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? So Satan got children too. God ain't the only one that got children. The question is, we always talk about the children of God. We don't ever talk about the children of Satan. Where are they? They are the ones that's telling you that you ain't got to do what God is commanding you to do. That's how you become a child of the devil. It is false doctrine, brothers and sisters, that makes you anti-Christ. It is false doctrine that makes you anti-Christ. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, the 55th chapter, verses 7 through 9. Isaiah the 55th chapter, verses 7 through 9. We're almost at the end, brothers and sisters, just so you'll know. We're almost at the end. Isaiah, the 55th chapter, verses 7 through 9. God doesn't make any mistakes. And Satan don't make no mistakes either. He deliberately tries to replace God's ways with his own ways. God's word with his own words. God's days with his own days. That's why God's new year, according to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, it says that on the 14th day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. So when is Passover? Passover falls on the 14th day of the first month. So If Passover is in the month of March or April, then why are we celebrating New Year in the month of January? Why are we celebrating New Year in the month of January? Because, see, the Romans had a god named Janus that was inspired for them to worship by Satan. And this God named Janus is how we got the name January. This is the God Janus. He has two faces, one looking forward and one looking backwards, one looking to the future and one looking to the past. So they changed the beginning of the year from springtime, around springtime, 14 days before the Passover, to January to commemorate their God, Janus. Now, if you got common sense, you know that everything that has eight sides begins with OCT, like an octagon, like an octopus. This is why the month of October was named October because it was the eighth month of the year. Nove means nine. Any word that that starts with D-E-C means ten. A decade, how many years is that? It's ten. A decathlon is how many races? It's ten races. A decimal point is rounding to what? The nearest tenth. So December was given its name because it is the 10th month of the year. So that would make January the 11th month of the year. February, the 12th month of the year. March, 
the first month of the year, right? So if we got March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October falls on eight, brothers and sisters. Let's look at this thing with the mind of God and common sense. These are the same people that once upon a time told you that the world was flat. Just because they say it. Just because they speak what's called good English. Just because they got their hair cut nice. Just because they're Caucasian or just because they got a three-piece suit and a tie on don't mean that they're right. You got this word. You can research it. You got the Internet. You can research it. Find out where Easter came from. The sex goddess Esther, the goddess of fertility. Find out where the Christmas celebration came from. You find out that all roads lead back to these European nations, the Gentiles in Rome and and Greece. Brothers and sisters, it is time to get our minds right. Let's go to the book of... Revelations for the sake of time, Sister Key Israel, and it is so good. I got more scriptures that I really want to share with you all, brothers and sisters, but I want to be respectful of everybody who's watching and the time that you have taken to watch and listen to tonight's Bible class. Okay? So on your own time, Exodus, the 20th chapter, is the Lord's Ten Commandments. And it tells us that thou shalt have no other gods beside me. So remember, I just showed you the god Janus in which January was named after. You ain't supposed to be celebrating New Year's in the, in, in, in the time that the Romans gave us. That's another god. You ain't supposed to have no other god beside God. Easter, the goddess of, ferti- the goddess of fertility. You want me to show you what she looked like, too? Let me bring her up. Let me type in the search engine, the goddess of fertility. She's always represented as a naked white woman with big breasts. Goddess of fertility. In one nation, she's called Venus. In another nation, she's called Demetria. In another nation, she's called Isis. In another nation, she's called Aphrodite. And in America, she's called Easter. This is your goddess of fertility. This is your Esther. This is your Easter. This is your Isis. All this right here, brothers and sisters. So let's get it right. This is your Easter. And when you go Easter egg hunting, it was a perverted time because these Gentiles would send these naked white women out to go hide, and we would go seek them, hide, go seek, catch a girl, kiss a girl. The woman carries the eggs, so they would go try to run after these naked white women, and this would be their Easter egg hunting. And we give our children this tradition. So when you catch the woman, you can have sex with the woman, and you fertilize the egg. The goddess of fertility. It's so much that I could go through on this, brothers and sisters, but this ain't the lesson. We're talking about devils, demons. 
in spiritual warfare. Satan's goal or job is to kill God's creation. Sister Key, we're going to go to Revelations, the 13th chapter. Revelations, the 13th chapter. The goal of Satan is to kill God's creation. He got to Adam in the book of Genesis. And through Adam, he was able to kill God's flesh and blood creation. When Adam listened to his wife Eve after she talked to Satan. And because of what Adam did, because he listened to Satan, because he sinned, guess who Adam killed? Adam killed Jesus. Adam was responsible for killing Jesus through his disobedience. Let's go to Revelation, the 13th chapter, verses 4 through 8. Revelation, the 13th chapter, verses 4 through 8. Let's find out when Jesus was killed, brothers and sisters. Revelation, the 13th chapter. And I want to make sure that I got this. Okay, Revelation, the 13th chapter. Let's read verses. Hmm. Let me see. I'm going to just read one verse. I'm going to just read verse 8. He said, uh, the, the, the word says, and you can read it all on your own. This is a very good chapter because, let, let me read this. It says, and all that dwell on the earth shall worship him, talking about the false prophet. That's how we know that the end is not yet. And all that dwell on the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. See, when Adam sinned, that was the slaining of Jesus. That was done at the foundation of the world, the first day of man. When he was commanded not to deal with Satan, who was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So when Satan sinned, that was the slaining of the lamb from the foundation of the world, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and close this thing out. It is so good tonight, brothers and sisters. We just got a few more places to go. Let's go to John, the 10th chapter. John, the 10th chapter. Through the death of Jesus and his blood, man was redeemed with the chance at everlasting life. Now, the only card Satan has left to play is to get you to lose your salvation through deception and attacking your mind. Let's go to John, the 10th chapter, verses 7 through 10. John, the 10th chapter, verses 7 through 10. Devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. John, the 10th chapter, verses 7 through 10, and it reads, then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they may have life 
and that they may have it more abundantly. This is not talking about the prosperity teaching where they want you, want you to have the biggest car or the biggest house or wealth or fame. When Jesus said this, brothers and sisters, and this is why you got to be careful of false teaching, he said this because what more, what's more abundant than everlasting life? What's more abundant? You can't get more abundant with life than a life that you can never die from. So this is the life that he came to give you that you may have it and have it more abundantly. It's everlasting life. So let's keep things in perspective and fight this fight. Let's go to, to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. We are, we are down the home stretch. We only got three more places to go. 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. And we're going to read verses 2 through 4. 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verses 2 through 4. I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached. So see, there's more than one Jesus. There's a Jesus of this Bible, and then there's another Jesus that was born on December the 25th. There's a Jesus of this Bible... And then there's another Jesus whom is taught, died on a good Friday, and rose on Easter Sunday. But he said he's going to be in the grave for three days and three nights. You can't get three days and three nights from Friday to Sunday. There's a Jesus of this Bible that says that you must keep the Sabbath day. And then there's another Jesus that is worshipped on the first day of the week on Sunday. It says, if one that comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which you have not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, you might well bear with them. But what are these people that are teaching these things called? Go down to verse 13 and 14. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. And make no mistake that according to Revelation, the 20th chapter, every man is going to be judged according to their works. So you say you love Jesus, where's your works? You say you keep the commandments, where are your works? Are you feeding the hungry? Are you clothing the poor? Are you visiting those who are in prison? Are you serving your community? What works do you have to show that you believe and a living God. Let's continue with this lesson. Devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. 
Let's go to John, the 14th chapter. Two, two more places. If Satan influenced angels and got them to rebel against God, what chance do we have? We have the same chance that the angels had. We must stay with the Son, even Jesus. He is the only way to salvation. Don't allow Satan, be it through the ones that you love, rob you of your salvation. His mind is the mind of white supremacy. His mind is the mind of black-on-black crime. His mind is the mind of chemically poisoning people through food, through water, and through epidemics and pandemics. We know we must let this flesh go. We will die one day or be changed. But if we stay with Jesus, we shall live again and have life more abundantly or everlasting life. I will leave you with one question. Do you really love Jesus? And if the answer is yes, then the next question is, how do you know that you love Jesus? Well, Jesus gives us a criteria of those whom say that they love him. Let's go to John, the 14th chapter. John, the 14th chapter. John. Fourteenth chapter, and we're going to start this at verse 6, and we're going to skip over. Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let's go down to verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. So you're going to teach people that we ain't under the law no more? We under grace, we under both, brothers and sisters. We still have to keep the law. And God has given us a grace period of time to do just that. Let's go down to verse 21. And it reads, He that hath my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. 23 and 24, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come into him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not, he that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. So now we got a criteria. If you love me, keep my commandments. Brothers and sisters. So do you really love Jesus? Because if so, then are you keeping his commandments to the best of your ability? That's the question. So let's go to 
to 1 John, the second chapter, verse 4. 1 John, the second chapter, verse 4. And I know this hurts. It hurts me too. This sword is a double-edged sword. It cuts you and it cuts me too. 1 John, the second chapter, verse 4. He that says, I know him, and keep not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So if you love Jesus, got to keep his commandments. If you say you know Jesus, got to keep his commandments. Ain't no way around it. But again, devils, demons, and spiritual warfare. We have all been attacked. We are all under attack. And how do we defeat Satan? That's the question. Let's give you the answer. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verses 11 through 24. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse 11 24. Y'all have really hung in there with me tonight. Everybody that was on has stayed on during this whole time. You have not dropped off because I've been looking at the numbers and I want to say that I so appreciate you as we close out with these last scriptures. This is how you defeat Satan. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Let's start at verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So you're going to ask the question right now with black ice, what is the whole armor of God? It is simple. Let's find out. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Where do you find truth at? In his word. And having on the blessed breastplate of righteousness. How do you find out what righteousness is? You read his word. And your feet showed with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Where's the gospel of peace? It is found in that book. It's his word. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is the word of God. You can't get around it. Too wide to get around, too high to get over, too deep to get under. It all goes back to the word of God. And if you don't want to read, if you just want to go to church, Look at the pastor, while he takes that book, he said our reading today is going to come from this scripture, he's going to open it up, he's going to read that scripture, then he's going to close the book, and then he's going to give you a personal testimony or a motivational speech. And when somebody asks you after you left that house of worship, well, what did you learn today? You can't tell them nothing that you learned that was actually written in the Word of God. All you can do is quote what the preacher or the pastor said. And can't go in the book and look for yourself to show them what the Word of God says. It's time to educate yourself, brothers and sisters. It is time to educate yourself on the Word of God. 
I thank you so much for listening to tonight's lesson, Devils, Demons, and Spiritual Warfare. It is an everyday fight, and we can't let our guards down because the devil that we are fighting against and these demons that we are fighting against, remember, a third of the angels, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sister Key, came down here to this earth. So what do you think that they are doing? Just chilling? No, they are moving throughout this world, getting into our minds. One man had so many demons inside of him that when Jesus asked them, what's your name? He said, they said, legion, for we are many. So we got to fight, brothers and sisters. The devil has no off days. He don't call in sick. Takes no vacations. Don't need no sleep. He's at us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So when you start thinking those negative thoughts, check yourself. When you start getting angry, check yourself. Before you start typing something bogus on your social media page, check yourself. And in checking yourself, you're keeping Satan in check. I thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's lesson. Devils, Demons, and Spiritual Warfare. You have been listening to the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET network. If you are not following our page, Truth Hour Bible Show, the Truth Hour Bible Show, then after the lesson, then follow the page. If you're on YouTube, then please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Truth Hour TV. You can send this lesson to someone that may not have Facebook by going to YouTube and sharing the link to their phone. So if you are on YouTube and Team Truth Hour, this is where I need you guys to kick in and help me out. Type in that comment section, Truth Hour TV. And if you are on YouTube watching this lesson, then go to Facebook and like our group page, The Truth Hour Bible Show. Again, The Truth Hour Bible Show. If you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name in the keywords Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. Again, 312-719-7310. And that way you will receive a text message right before we go on air with a reminder and what the topic or the lesson is that particular day. 312-719-7310. With that being said, we're going to stand up and face Jerusalem, and we're going to go ahead and thank God for tonight's lesson and pray out. Thank you so much. And you can start your watch parties after this is over and share this lesson. I will, I and we, or we and I, will appreciate that so much. Let's go ahead and pray out. Father God, we humbly come to you again, Father God, and we say thank you, Father God. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for tonight's lesson, Father God. Thank you for your word, because we could not have done this lesson without your word, Father God. You and your word are everything, Father God. We ask that you forgive us, Father God. We know that we have fallen short, Father God, of your grace and 
of your mercy, yet still you, you give it to us, Father God. That undeserved gift, we don't deserve it. We ask that you build us up, Father God. Give us the strength. Give us the faith that we need, Father God, to keep walking in your path, Father God. Satan is tempting us from every angle of our being, Father God. Help us to resist the wiles of Satan, Father God. We know that we cannot do that without you. If our father and our mother failed, what chance do we have trying to do this thing without your covering, Father God? So we ask that you cover us. We ask that you just be there for us and comfort us and keep us away for all, from all hurt, harm, and danger, Father God. Let our lives be a living testimony that you are worth the glory, Father God. Let them be edified through our walk, Father God, so that they may know that you live in us. We ask these things through your son, Jesus, Yeshua name. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, I thank y'all so much. I feel I thank you so much, brothers and sisters. I feel like I've been in a gym working out. Woo. Can't wait to lay down on that couch. Uh but again, I thank you so much, brothers and sisters. Um it's been a wonderful lesson tonight. I'm gonna make sure that number is in there so you will know what that number is. Again, Texas that we can lock you in and so that we can make sure that we stay in communication with you and reach out to you um, on these Tuesdays, brothers and sisters, that we have these lessons. Thank you so much. God bless you in Jesus' name. Good night.